world, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Audio Podcast. Woohoo! So, on today's episode, we have the fabulous Miss Anita Young. She is a voice actor turned post-audio engineer slash sound designer for film and TV productions and animation and video games. She is based in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada. She is fabulous. We had such a great time. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, as always, don't forget to find me on Instagram at Let's Talk Audio Podcast. You can also find me on my website, beatsinabottle.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you know about stuff that's happening in the world of the podcast. Also, don't forget that we recently put out merch. So if you are open to supporting this channel in that way, it would be greatly appreciated. In the meantime, I hope you like this episode, share it with your friends, leave a review, and we'll get right on into it with Miss Anita Young. I was just like, because I ate earlier, but then like afterwards, I was just like, I should just have something like kind of just like right next to. So it's just like, I'll just like dip out in between like questions, like, you know, yeah. the thing. but then I was just like, oh, no, like I can like, I realized I was just like, I should not have chose oatmeal, like, because all I can just think about now is like mouth clicks and mouth noise. And I'm just like, oh, my God. God, jeez, should have got those apples. Anita, are you seriously in audio? Like, you, like, you, like, hate this stuff, and yet you're going to do this to someone else. Really? Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll be fine. I got RX-8, the standard now. I know, I was so excited. Wow. I bought it recently, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to use it. And then I don't even know what the hell I'm doing with it. I'm not going to lie. But I have it, so... It's great. I'm going to use it it's, for those reasons that people are always raving about why it's so wonderful. It's so great. I have seven. Right. I haven't upgraded to the eight, but I mean, I don't need to right now because ain't nothing going on, but seven, seven is great. They're pretty much the same. Yeah. You got it on sale, right? Yeah. It came with like a bundle. So it, I got ozone. Oh, okay. You got the, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like the $50 Man, bundle. what all came with it? No, it was like 300 bucks, child. No. What? It was it was real. It was real, real. It has RX eight, Ozone nine. What else came with this? I think those are the only two I put on this computer because I was like, I don't want all those other ones. But yeah, it's like it was like five or six, five or six different softwares that came with it, like Ozone, Neutron, and blah, blah. I saw that bundle somewhere. Three ninety nine. What? It was. I mean, I don't know if it was three ninety nine exactly, but I got you. It was so much that. Hard. Okay. Oh, it's called the Music Assistant Bundle. Okay. But it's normally five hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> I paid one ninety nine for it. 
Wait, so okay. I have, so I recently, by recently, I mean like in my whole, I'm starting a business. How do I price myself? Meh, process that I went through. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things that I learned is that people will be like, oh, this is worth this much amount of money. But in actuality, they're not actually expecting you to pay XX amount of money, right? That's why they're like, but it's on sale, right? And you're like, how is it on sale if you just got it, but you priced it at like $600, but you're like, but I'm only going to charge you like a hundred. It's like, so really you only wanted a hundred for this. Like, why, why are we playing these marketing money games? Like, like we're conning each other now. So I'm not saying that they don't, that they probably genuinely don't believe that this is four or $500. I don't know. I'm not talking about, I don't know how this works for them, but it was just, it just reminded me of that in general, when you see those sort of things. Yeah with pricing and stuff and it's just like and today for a limited time only you can get it for free but only today and if you come back tomorrow you won't get it you miss out and you're like really i can just sign back in tomorrow and you'll say the same thing (laughs) like you know who really needs to do that pro tools oh my god please goddamn can they just give us free stuff avid seriously get off your goddamn high horse (laughs) I'd be like, I would love to have Pro Tools. Actually, you know what? I say that. I don't know if I would actually want Pro Tools. Not because I don't like Pro Tools exactly, but I feel like all the things that I want and need to do, I can do in other software. Yeah. So I'm not sure, other than it just being like the industry standard. Yeah. I don't know if I really need a Pro Tools. Do you use Reaper? I have used Reaper. I really like yeah. Reaper, actually. Same. But no, I use Studio One. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. like, honestly, like, the only reason why I even would bother with Pro Tools, like, Pro Tools, when I was first learning it, drove me up the goddamn wall. Oh, me too. Me too. I hated that class in school. Oh, yeah. Like, and then my what was it my the instructor who taught us game audio taught us reaper and i was just like why why isn't this industry standard like why isn't this glorious thing used like why pro tools but i'm just like because they have there's so many bugs right now like so many things about it that they need to fix and they don't want to fix it because they're just like we're industry standard and there's nothing you can do about it yeah that was my corporate fat cat attempt got it i understood i understood (laughs) completely i really did i also think that for them to fix some of the things that are that is wrong with pro tools you they run the risk of isolating people who have older machines Mm. right that aren't going to upgrade and then those people aren't necessarily experiencing those bugs the same way because as when you have such a a large software that's being used and then you have people who downloaded it from cds and they don't have Mm. you know they don't do the upgrades so they own it outright versus people who are doing the subscription models and there's so many different facets to the software that i think probably might contribute to why they're not upgrading the way that people would want them to i think but I also could be wrong and they could just be snooty, you know? I'm, well, I'm open to valid. possibilities. <laughs> I'm open to multiple possibilities. It's okay. <laughs> but as for the, the the bundle that I bought, 
it comes with ozone 9, the standard, neutron 3 standard, RX8 standard, tonal balance control 2, and Melodon Essential. Oh, wow. That's what it all came with, which is pretty cool. That's great. I mean, I've used, well, let me rephrase this. I tried to use ozone because mastering. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Uh, (laughs) I was like, yeah. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. That was bad. That was really bad. Don't do that. I tried mm-hmm. to. I tried to. And then I was just like, nope, this isn't happening. I mean, one day I know that I'll get it down. Yeah. But that day was not that day. Not and today. I feel like I feel like with Isotope, there's so much information out there about how to use their products and everything, mm-hmm. which is really great. Like you can like they have like a whole like not a pamphlet, but a basically a a pdf booklet right of just the different things what they're supposed to do how they're supposed to work and you can just kind of play with it and i think something like that just requires time and it's Mm -hmm. time that i haven't really had to dedicate to learning how to use ozone 9 properly yet yeah i've managed to learn three of the modules in rx8 which was super cool. Before that, I was just doing it manually. And let me tell you, doing it manually takes forever. <laughs> it was so much fun. I was like, sweet Lord Jesus, why? Yeah. And then I got Ozone 8 and I was like, I mean, RX8. And I was like, oh, I just got to run a, that's so much easier. <laughs> Thank you. I know. RX is so good. I love it. Anyways. Okay. So, first off, how do you pronounce your last name? Young. Like that's what I thought. You know, it's like a Y O U N G, but like spelt Y U N G. So, fun fact. Yeah. I super researched the wrong person when I was trying to Google you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I a made the mistake twice. I made the mistake twice, and I was like, I don't think this is the right person. <laughs> uh, the first person was actually an actress from Hong Kong. <laughs> Oh, wow. There's another yeah. Anita Young in Hong Kong. Damn, I did not know that. Well, actually, so her last name isn't Young. It's actually with an E. Oh. It's Y-E-N. Oh, okay. G. But you see, I didn't realize that when I was reading because um, I don't know why. But the fact of the matter is, I was well, talking to a famous Hong Kong actress. You, well, you, I remember I saw before that you were voice acting. So I was like, actress, that makes sense. Okay, cool. And so it didn't ever occur to me <laughs> that the last names weren't different until after I did some work. And then I was like, oh, wait, this aging <laughs> isn't right. <laughs> and I felt really dumb. <laughs> And so that was the first time I made the mistake. And then the second time is this lady, she is, she actually has the same name as you. First and last name. She's a photographer? No. Okay. I didn't find her. The lady I was thinking of, she's a senior creator producer at Nerd Wallet. Oh. Oh. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, wait, that's not the right person. But. (laughs) That's cool. That is I cool. mean, damn. Yeah. There's another Anita Young that uh I get mixed up with and she's actually in Texas. She's a photographer. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, that's not me. and then there's like another Anita Young who's in Australia and she's more senior. 
than me. Mm. Yeah. Got it. So I, mm-hmm. I thought it was had to be like one of those two. I like got bored one day and I creeped myself. And I was just like, how, how like who pops up when I put in my name? And oh like, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I have no idea what pops up if I ever Google my name. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I've ever Googled. I mean, I Googled myself before, but I don't know what pops up now. My uh, a friend of mine one time decided to do uh, this test and he's just like, okay, everyone, we're just going to like research. Like there was like a group of us. We were just chilling. And he's like, we're going to punch in like just like your first name into Google and like see what pops up. So basically it's just like the gag of the game was like, what business does your name affiliate with? And like when I punched in Anita at that time, a swim line came up and I'm just like, so I was like a swimwear line. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Nope, I'm still a Pokemon. Just <laughs> and it always pops up. Um, did you ever get like those people who were just like, I wish like I had a name like a Pokemon. Like that's so cool. Like, they're just so envious yeah. of you. <laughs> like the look, the look on Tangela's face right now that she's giving me. <laughs> Like, I wish, I wish that people could see this rather than just hearing it. Cause like, you know, audio is like only like a certain part, but this is like, <laughs> to this conversation, a lot of the times I'm laughing because of the looks I'm getting from <laughs> Don't do that to me. Uh, no, I, <laughs> look, I mean, people, I think people sometimes just wish they had more unique names that are creative without being like over the edge bad shit crazy you know i think people just want to have like unique names i think people want a unique association and i think that's really where it stems from so i'm not mad at people for it and i'm not offended by it and i'm not like upset by it it's just one of those things so this is a Rhodes mic I wanted this microphone long before it became popular. Yeah. But I didn't have the money back then. And then I got the money and then everybody wanted it. What what microphone are you using? I am using the warm WA-14. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. My mics and my equipment actually came out, sadly enough, because during quarantine, businesses were shutting down. And I projected into the universe, I need like an equipment store to shut down so I can reap the benefits of like discounts because right now I need help. And lo and behold, one of the good audio stores decided to retract their branches towards back to Montreal. And so they closed the Toronto branch and I saw on Facebook, they had a posting. They're just like, yeah, so like we're selling all these, like all their rental equipment for like, 50% 50% off if not more and I was just like because <gasps> like th- this was actually a really good they were a really good company and like their people their salespeople were always really nice especially like as a woman in audio you know and being a new person too I was I would always fear going into like these types of stores because I'm just like oh, they're probably gonna like like there's been a couple times like I ran into like a couple dicks and they're just like throwing specs and numbers at me and I'm just like I just know what I want and I want this one. Please just give it to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's very real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like I walk in there and I'm just like, yeah. So like I'm looking at these and they're like, okay, well, what, they were really nice. Like, what are you looking for? Like, how are you using it? And so um, they introduced me to like all the stuff. It wasn't the stuff that I originally wanted because they had sold out. But then these were the stuff they're just like, this is just as good, if not better. This was only open box 
because they wanted to take a picture of it and it's only been on display but never used and i was just like pass it over pass it over thank you yeah so they were they were really great i like went back to that store at least like a good few times before they closed and by the end of it they're just like every time something new came down like a huge markdown they would just like pull me over they'd be like hey so like these two ambient mics are like on sale for fifty dollars and you get the pair and i'm like i know (laughs) it was just so much fun oh my god I'm going to miss those guys so much. They were so good. That's so sweet. So what is your setup then now that you have one at the house? <laughs> at the house. Oh. Like when you say setup, like what, what exactly do you mean? What all you got? What's your audio equipment at the house look like? Ah, <laughs> I have a tiny pencil mic from Sennheiser because I love Sennheiser so I use that for all of my as far as the XLR cable can reach to do either ambiance whatever type of close city proximity field recording or home foley type stuff I use that as kind of like my little attempt of a shotgun mic Mm. so there's that little guy and then I have my Focusrite Scarlett the 2i2 and so they kind of make up the love triangle of my studio. That's fun. Everybody has a Scarlet. What kind of monitors you got? Oh, my God. <laughs> Dyn Audio. What? <laughs> for my, I love my Dyn Audio, like, for my speakers. Yeah? Yeah. I love my Dyn Audio so much because I was originally going to go for, uh shoot. It's like on the tip of my tongue and I know it like so much because I, I really looked into like which speakers I wanted. I like went and I tested them like all out. And I just remember this one time I was at a conference and Dyn Audio was there and it was like the eighth. I can't even remember their code name now, but it's like the white one. A- anyways, I just remember like being in like this untreated like little classroom and the speakers sounded so good. And then when I was like, I went over to one of the stores and I was testing out and I probably drove that poor sales dude crazy as I went plugging away at every single different speakers. And then in the end, I was just like, you know what? I always love the Dyn Audio. And so I invested in those ones. They were on sale too. So I was just like, Bam. that's a sign. That is a sign. That's, that's a sign. Thank you, universe. That's a sign. Yeah, we appreciate you so much. <laughs> yeah. It's like pretty basic. I have a pretty basic setup. So it's like this. I only got what I really, really needed and to enable to do like the work. But then later on, like my hope is, is to like really expand like all the stuff to the stuff that I really need the moment that like I start getting really, really busy. But so far, I've been able to like work it, work it. Hey, that's half the battle, right? It's working it. I mean, people are so set on like, Oh, I gotta go out buy all this equipment at top of the line. And to some degree, you at some point you might want to eventually. Uh-huh. But when you're starting off, like you ain't gotta go crazy. Like you can just you can just chill a little, you know, and 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 work within the confines of what you have and then grow from there. Exactly. And I mean like I've worked I've had experience working with the AKG C four four fourteen mic. And that's like a glorious like condensed microphone. But then like even like working with like this warm one, I was just like, I don't really hear the difference. It's so good. Yeah, you don't have to break the bank. One day I will invest in like a Sennheiser shotgun because it's just like 
I just really want one. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, so I was just like, yeah, that's like on the table, like up there on the list, you know, but aside from that, for everything else, I'm just like, meh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see yes. what happens. I I mean, like everybody for podcasting and radio, you know, all want the SM7B microphone, right? And like, oh, yeah. everyone's like, Michael Jackson, like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that microphone is like a $200 microphone, if I remember correctly. And it's like, I don't have $200 to be spending on one microphone right now. Like, look, other stuff works well, too. And sometimes, yeah. like, I'm not saying that means you got to go, like, cheapskate. I mean, you don't got to go, like, Amazon's best, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. little dinky microphones they have. But, you know, there are other brands out there that are, they have a more affordable line. And I think that's okay, too. Yeah. Like, I no, for sure. save for just about everything that I have. My monitors were a gift, so I can't say that I bought those myself, but I wanted them and they knew it, so they bought it for me. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So I didn't didn't have the money for that, but (laughs) everything else I did. (laughs) Everything else I did. So minus that one, yes. Spent a lot of money on them. And so, and no, it it was super sweet of them to buy it for me too, because they bought me the pair. It's just expensive, so... Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it was super kind. I was like, oh, I love you so much. Thank you. And they're white. They're the KRKs. <gasps> they're the KRKs. Oh, those are pretty. Um, fives. And they're white instead of the black ones. Because yeah. I didn't want black. <laughs> black was, it didn't look good on my desk. I'm just going to be honest about it. I didn't like the way it looked on my desk. That's all, that's all that matters. <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, I like the sound of them. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like the way they sound. But ultimately, I wanted the white ones because they look better on my desk than black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. And it's so different because I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of the sound designers that I know, their monitors are always black. You know, so it's different. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> when and you're sitting in a dark room. Yes. Yeah. Like, so if your room is dark, all of your stuff is dark. It's kind of depressing. And I don't know if anybody has realized this yet, but I am a colorful person. <laughs> and I also really like color. So like I have a bright green desk. Mm-hmm. It's it's green. Ooh. It's it's green. That okay. is not from Ikea. Is oh my god, yes it, Ikea, is. yes it is. Yes it is. It is super I Ikea desk and it is hella green. How okay. Is that like in America? Because in Canada, like the majority of Ikea colors that we get here for like furniture is like you have like your woody beige, you have your white, you have black, and then you might have like a gray tossed in there. But like for the most part, like furniture is like white, black or like this wood looking gray. Or blue. I mean beige. Or blue. Don't you have blue? The thing behind me is blue. Ikea? That's from Ikea and it's blue. I mean, I never looked into dresser. I was looking at desks. Uh well, but I, I mean, the, there's a desk that matches it that's also blue. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, so I found the name. So it's like Dine Audio, the L L Y D seven. Okay. And it's the white ones that I got. <gasps> Scandalous. Oh, okay. The picture popped up. I see. I see. Oh, these are cool looking. Hey, these are in your. These aren't the ones in your background in your picture though on your website. Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. They are. Yeah. That's all. Things you like looked at my website. I did. It's called research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Because, I mean, how am I supposed to interview somebody if I don't know anything about them? And let's be honest, I didn't know you. So I was like, mm, is she legit or is she one of the people who are like, I'm a sound engineer? And you're like, no, you're not. Man. <laughs> no. Oh, I still, I still struggle with that. With like a, well, oh, shit. What Imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a thing. It is real. Yeah. And I don't. I still feel like an imposter and people are like, oh my God, do you have a successful podcast? I'm like, do I really though? I mean, is it really successful? Am I really successful yeah. though? Because I don't know about yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I also feel like after a certain point, you kind of have to just say that you are because people aren't. Once you've done quite a bit of stuff. Like, I feel like for me, I need to do like a certain amount on my resume or a certain number of projects where I can be like, okay, yeah, I think I'm still going to call myself aspiring until I can get that full time employment paycheck coming in. Like, you know, yeah, until then, it's just like I'm aspiring or I'm a freelancer. And it's just like, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I feel like I've been doing audio for so long that even if I feel like I'm not there yet, the world views me as being there. So I can't keep saying things like that because then people are less likely to take me serious. If that makes sense. Cause like, I remember I went into an interview and they were like, Oh, my resume. I'd been like, Oh, they like read it. And they were like, well, I see you've been doing audio since, you know, whatever year whatever and I was like yeah but you know I still just kind of feel like sometimes I still have all these things to learn and blah 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 and the the person later on they called me and told me like they told me that I didn't get the job and they were like well one of the reasons for it was that you didn't really have confidence in yourself and your skills by saying that you felt like you weren't skilled enough or that you hadn't learned enough it kind of gave off the wrong impression and I was like a weird catch 22 is right because like they want you to be confident but at the same time they don't want you to be too confident because they want to be able to train you to like well certain studios would want to train you to like how they do things and so i've heard i've heard both i've heard it's just like yeah you you're like a little too overqualified we kind of want someone with less experience and then because we just really want someone fresh. We want like fresh meat that we can like mold into. And then when I've done that, they're just like, yeah, we kind of want someone with more experience. And I'm just like, I don't, what do you want? What do you, what, what do you want? Okay. Tell me before I like redo the resume and submit it to you. So I have like resumes that barely have anything on it. And I have resumes that has everything on it. Like, but the higher, but the higher stuff, you know, it's just like, how do you want me to look? Really good or like really new? Which one do we want? No, I get that. I get that because it's it's, it's really weird and it's really difficult. I mean, as like a live sound engineer, it's, it's a similar thing, but at the same time, it's also the concept of who do you know? There's a lot mm, of who yeah. do you know? And, and so there's nothing, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong exactly. I mean, mm, wrong isn't the right word. I think there's a lot more nuances to going into trying to find somebody to fill a role. And I think sometimes people don't always know how to best communicate what it is that they want out of said person for the role, 
right? And so I think like in live sound, you know, I think a lot of people rely on who you know, because it's like, it's easier than trying to find a way to communicate what it is that you want versus, oh, I have this friend. And then that's easier because you're like, okay, well, you know somebody, then let me meet them and we'll go from there. Versus I have to type it out and put it on the internet. I have to write somewhere that I want work. Like who has time for that? Who wants to do? I think that might play a role into it. I don't know for sure if I know how to hire sound engineers for a venue, but you know, if I had to guess, that's yeah. my best potential guess. Yeah. That's so good of you to just be like putting yourself in the other person's shoe. I do try. Cause I remember when I was younger, I didn't do that as well. And so I used to get really frustrated with why people weren't hiring me or people didn't want to, you know, they didn't want me or for whatever reasons. And I used to get so upset by it and it would, it ended up causing me a lot of anxiety because I was so upset by it. And in, in hindsight, it was like, yo, you just, you got to chill out. <laughs> but in in addition to that, it's also, you know, it's, it's not as simple as just, oh, you interview a person. I mean, how many times do people have to read through resumes and who likes to sit and read through resumes? Who, mm-hmm. who's like, oh, gee, the joy of my life is to read people's resumes. <laughs> like nobody wants to do that, you know? And so yeah. if, if you have to read, you know, 150 resumes, you know, you're not reading, reading your resumes, you're skimming most resumes. And then you kind of, meh, sure. yes, meh, 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 you know, unless something sticks out to you. And then you're like, these people stuck out to me a little more than these people. Mm-hmm. That can depend on any person's mood, their day, their whatever is going on in their lives. And it's not a personal thing. Like you're just a name on a piece of paper until, you know, you're hired or you're interviewed. But until then, you're just a name on a list. And that's not something to be taken personally by because they're not being no. malicious towards you. That's so true. So that was my life lesson. I- <laughs> good life lesson it's true the point of this podcast to dish out helpful life lessons with like little side breaks from mama (laughs) and random sound effects and laughs it's fine it's fine yeah it's golden okay oh my god death by laughter yes yes oh but i was thinking of mika we are golden we are golden (laughs) that's how a song goes it's hilarious I don't think I know that. You song. don't know Mika? Oh my god, that song's hilarious. It's called We Are Golden. So that's all you have to Google. Just Google Mika okay, no. We Are Golden and you'll be fine. Okay. I'm gonna say that for later. Yeah. Please do. He's I think he's awesome. He's a French artist. I was about to say some other stuff. He's technically Lebanese and but he grew up in France, if I'm not mistaken, if that's correctly his backstory. And he used to study opera at one point when he was a oh, kid wow. and now he's all pop music and stuff but it's super cool and i think it's kind of interesting and i love his like live performances i want to go to one so badly but i don't know of a time where he's been to a state that's been anywhere close to me so <laughs> there's that <laughs> but if he came cool. your girl is going okay the second he shows up in texas i'm there i am there row in the mosh pit uh, there's no mosh pits at there show. is one oh it's not a mosh pity kind of show he's a classy doesn't uh, i think mosh pits are just mostly associated with rock shows aren't they unless you just mean like the physical area 
where mosh pits take area. place. Eight, okay, yeah. then yes, I will be down there. I was like, unless you mean like actual moshing. And then in that case, no, because I'm not freaking 18 anymore and I don't want to be trampled in a mosh pit. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> like, thank you. Also, because I'm going to say here that like in Vancouver, every time that I went to a concert, like the pits, there, there would just be like floor seats like everywhere. There was no real like, area like if you wanted to like dance you were just like dancing like by like your seat mm. so I've actually never really went to a concert that had like a for real for real mosh pit I'm gonna come to Texas and I will <laughs> take you we will go to the events yes. it will be okay. awesome and we'll okay. probably get in it, and it'll be awesome it'll be so much fun and then we will probably get trampled I'm okay. looking forward yeah yeah no I'm gonna let you get trampled because I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you I already had knee surgery once I don't need another one so I'm not I'm not down with the moshing in the pits no <laughs> but I'll watch you and say oh my god you know you're having so much fun <laughs> it's like so no. much fun and then if you fall I'll protectively try to go grab you by protectively try to grab you I mean I'll Tell somebody to go grab you because, again, I had knee surgery, so I don't know if I could save you. Uh <laughs> like, the only one time that I it was kind of close to, like, a mosh pit, but then even not really. So, like, in Montreal, oh, I forgot what it's called. But, like, they have this kind of, like, EDM festival outside during the winter time. During the winter time. <laughs> you guys have snow. I didn't... You have real okay. winters. You don't have Texas <laughs> winters. You have real winters. <laughs> Oh my god, I was so cold. It was fun, but it was so cold. My like, so I wore layers upon layers. Everything was covered up except the face area because I didn't have one of those balaclavas. balaclavas? So literally, so it's like those are like the toques that you just have like the eyes here and like maybe like a mouth opening here. Like, aren't are those what that was called? I don't know. I live in Texas. <laughs> we don't have real winters i just said that we have jackets and we call those coats like no yeah i don't don't know balaclavas are like (laughs) those like spy masks like you know like they cover your entire face and you're just left with like the eyes opening but there's sometimes that's like left with like the mouth opening so literally like your nose and like your face like it stays warm ski mask yes I know what those are. We. <laughs> I know what a ski mask is. <laughs> okay, yeah, I forgot that you could also call it a ski mask as well. But yeah, they're also something like you know, like bank robbers would use. Yeah, you know. Okay. Those types of things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I the only thing I didn't have was a balaclava. So I was just like, okay, and like my face was like frozen, like stuck as it is, and so people would be out and they would be dancing as if it was like summer concert outside and this was also on the pier as well so you get like the water cold oh you like you know the wind coming in through that way and i was just like everyone was jumping up and down because that's how you had to keep warm that makes sense. god bless you if you have to go to the bathroom no <laughs> it's like no. yeah See, so it's just i don't even like going to the restroom here when i get cold and it's not even really cold here it's like 40 degrees and i'm like i don't want to go pee you can't make me i'm so jealous i'm so jealous <laughs> but yeah that was like the only closest thing too because everyone was jumping up and down and because like you're jumping up and down in like snow boots and like ski pants like any like you are like extra extra 
because of like all the layers that you have on. So like people are like bouncing around and hobbling, like, you know, so yeah, that's was, I could have easily been trampled there too. Did you work that or were you just there for the fun of it? I was just there for the fun with, for the fun of it. Decided to try a friend of mine wanted to go. So I was just like, all right, sure. So we went. Yeah. I didn't think it was for real either. Like, cause he usually goes with his friends, like a group of his friends. So about, but up until like, you know, winter time, I just kept joking like, yeah, yeah, I'll come with you. And I actually went. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wrong. But it was still good. It was still fun. It was memorable. I don't need to do that again. Yeah. But it was fun. <laughs> I, I didn't know that people in Canada did festivals outside in the winter. I, I thought you guys just, you know, stayed indoors or something. That's what I thought, too. I know. I, I'm not very cultured with the snow, so, you know, there's that. I mean, they do polar bear swims. I feel like... Oh! I feel like, yeah, like, you know, like, you run into the lake when it's cold in your swimsuit oh you run out there no. and you try and then some people try and see who can stay in the water the longest and i'm like oh uh-uh. hell no no that's like blood pumping i guess the blood pumping you, you know get frostbite or something oh i never did it i watched people do it other oh, people do it hell no 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 yeah Mm-mm. i can't could not no no i like my heat just fine thank you and goodbye like oh gosh no that's what the devil (laughs) (laughs) no yeah no that's one thing i draw the line that for sure i'm not doing it yeah i'm not uh -uh. i barely can go outside when it's cold it rains and it's cold here and i'm like "Mm -mm, i ain't going outside we stand in the house all day like what outdoors i don't know what that is (laughs) i stayed in the house for three days once because it rained and it was cold and i was like the space heater and me are bffs (laughs) thank you people are like you have a space heater it's not that cold i'm like "Mm, it doesn't matter it's that cold for me i got a space heater it's great people are always wondering why like i moved from toronto to like why i moved toronto from vancouver and before that, it was from Winnipeg. Okay, I left Winnipeg because obviously my family wanted to move. They wanted to pursue something better. So they moved from Winnipeg to Vancouver. And then afterwards, I was just like, there's got to be more than Vancouver. Then I left because that place rains. Like, we are the rainforest of Canada, probably North America. I think Seattle's probably right behind us. I thought Forks, Washington was the rainiest place in North America. Is it? That's where they filmed Twilight, right? That's where Twilight was supposed to take place? That is where they filmed Twilight, yes. But right. I think I knew that as a fun fact long before Twilight. So, but sure. How did you get into audio? Because I mean, on your, you know, at one point you were like acting and stuff. According to your IMBD page, you, <laughs> <laughs> you were an actress. You were a voice actress on that, according to that one. I feel bad. I feel like all my information was just really all like, around but there like wasn't enough of it but it was just like around just like splattered and sprinkled like ah, everywhere how you look at it i mean according to imbd you were a writer a director producer and a voice <laughs> actor so i mean that's a lot of stuff so you know and then on your website you talked about being a voice actress and then transitioning into post-production so i'm just kind of wondering how that work how <laughs> 
How that works. I actually never thought that like, okay, so like I try not to keep a lot of certain information online about like, because like, you know how people are just like, oh, like market yourself certain one way or whatnot. And so like, throughout every single time when I was like focusing on something first like all the stuff out there used to be so actor heavy and then once I started going into more sound design I was just like I had to like try and chop off a lot of it but I still had to like keep the tinge out there to be like yeah I'm still an actor I actually never thought that I would end up in audio more like I never knew it existed until I got close to it so like so I studied communications. My degree is in communications. And then I wanted, like, I was just all over the place. I wanted to do, like, so much different things. By the time that I actually came around to it and, like, you know, I decided to jump and follow what I wanted to do, I trained to be a voiceover actor just because, like, I loved animation since I was a kid. And I remember when I was a kid, I was just like, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be a Dalmatian because 101 Dalmatian did just released itself onto VHS. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so like, and my mom was just like, Oh, that is so funny. Uh huh. I'm going to indulge in this child's fantasy because how are you going to be a dog? So yeah, that's what she was doing. And then I think as it progressed, I tried, I really studied acting. I dove like really into it. This was like after university and then everything I tried to do everything that I was doing was literally to try and find the back door to getting to being on set. Cause this was like five, eight years or so ago where obviously the, the industry wasn't woke yet yes. about being appropriately like having representation of like everybody. So it's just like all the actors were kind of like scrap, like all of us were like all everyone who was like a person of color was like pitched against each other. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot to go around. So I started aiming towards crew. Mm. And then there was, I lucked out because I knew one of the CEOs who owned his own recording studio. And actually I met him when he first started out. And then he booked me on this anime series that I was dubbing. And then while I was there, I was watching the recording engineer like a hawk. And I was just really fascinated about what he was doing. Because like sometimes, depending on what room I was in, I could either see him through the window or I would just hear him through the headphones. And he'd be like clicking away and pushing buttons. And I'd be like, hey, what you doing? What's that? Can I trade you a bag of Oreos to shadow you and see what you're doing? Okay, so side note, like Oreos and goldfish were like the hot commodity of that studio like that's what it was <laughs> oh yeah we want oreos how dare you <laughs> so yeah i think like after a while like i i just like convinced myself to give it a shot but it took a long time because i was under the assumption that anybody that did sound was also really good at music mm. which i am not <laughs> so yeah oh you're not either oh okay. i would not call myself musically inclined i mean do I like to sing? Sure. Do people say it sounds kind of decent? I guess. I mean, it's not what I'm inclined to, though. Yeah. Yeah. I totally so. get that. Totally get that. Did not grow Thank up you. Like, yeah. playing an instrument or anything like that. No. Mm -hmm. I tried, but nothing really ever stuck stuck. Yeah. I mean, I learned to play the cello, I think, when I was younger. And I loved it, but it wasn't like... I'm not going to go, like, join, like, the New York Symphony, you know, or anything like that. Like... <laughs> Like, no, they would not call me I, back. 
the only uh, thing I managed to like have stick with me for a very long time was that I picked up taiko, which is traditional Japanese drumming. Mm. But I would never, and my group knows this, Sawagi Taiko, if they hear this, like, I love you guys, I miss you. But they they know for a fact I hate soloing. Like, I cannot play by myself. I need to play with, like, a group. That way, if I mess up, ain't no one going to notice. That's, like, what I need. Goals! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, yeah, like, now I'm here. Like, really, like, when I was, when I officially made the decision it was also because i really wanted to be part of the conversation and assisting to bring more bipoc actors into the back of the room and like help tell like their stories in like an audio format so that's like when i started writing i started learning more about audio before i actually went to go study it to actually make sure that i really liked it and like it's still like i still do believe in it like i Everything that I've done, I feel like it's like a stepping stone to something. But it's like definitely the one thing that drove me was because even though there wasn't a lot of BIPOC representation on screen, it was even more so on the mic, Mm. which like drove me even more insane. So, yeah. And then after that, I plugged my nose, shut my eyes and jumped. And now I'm here. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You went to university first for communication. Yeah. And then you went back to school for post-production? Yeah. Jeez, that's a lot of schooling. That's a lot of schooling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. That's really cool, I though. Know. I mean, I guess it's a great thing that you felt comfortable enough to do that, though. I know a lot of people, they wouldn't, if they had to make, like, a career change and they had to go back to school for it, I know a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. It was hard. Yeah. Like when you feel like you should be two steps ahead, but like you felt like you're just five steps back kind of thing. It's like the hardest thing to grasp with. And you can like, I tried listening to so many like pep talks on YouTube and like people being like, no, like, you know, this is like all about you. You live your life and blah, blah. It's like, it's, it's easier said than done. Like it really is when it's you. Yeah. And, it's also a, a hard feeling, especially like as an arti- an artist, where you know that your journey is like very solo to like a lot of the careers that other people have. Because it's just like, I would have been in like probably a marketing firm or a communications firm and just like at a desk job and I'd just be, you know, working my way up the ladder like everyone else that I know, you know, so it's hard because this is like I see them traveling I see them like getting on with life and I just feel like I feel like I'm still I mean it's great I still feel like I'm 20 still trying to figure out life you know I feel young inside but like also not so young when I know the time (laughs) (laughs) no I get that I do I mean I think I, I mean at this point I've graduated from college two years ago I think it's going on three mm-hmm. but i finished school relatively later in life right and so i remember being in school and feeling so old compared to these like 18 year old kids you know 21 and i'm like yeah. 25 and i know that doesn't sound like a huge difference but when you're in it and you in your experiences and you and it's like little things it's like the thing it's like the way that they talk it's the way that they mm-hmm. move it's just a little mm-hmm. bit different compared to like your I've lived a little longer and I'm no longer in that stage. Yeah. That right there. 
<laughs> that's not what we're doing anymore. No. And so there's something wrong with it, but it definitely makes it, it does create a certain feeling around what's happening. So I totally get that. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So you're out here and you're, and you're graduating and you're, you're doing stuff. So what I think, I guess, what has been your favorite project that you've gotten to do? Cause I mean, you've done a lot. I mean, and not even just with audio, it can be in general. Cause I mean, you a multifaceted person out here in these streets. So, you know, whichever one. <laughs> I try. Oh my gosh. My favorite project so far. I think it was when I was doing my thesis, actually. I still am very proud of my thesis. I really am. It's I wanted to create mini animated PSA, like but a series of it for kids. And so that one around the block was the first one that I tried. And then halfway through doing that thesis, that's when things were kind of going a little bit er and I was like really like learning about other stuff and I got like inspired and so I put everything on hold and I ended up writing an actual 30 minute treatment bible first script pilot into a new animated series and I had gotten like the cast together like like to me I was just like holy shit this is like legit like I really need to like show this to somebody hasn't really gone anywhere yet I've pitched it and I'm still waiting to like hear back on it but so far I think that is like the most thing that I'm the most proud of because I really want I felt like it was more in line with all the reasons of why I came into audio of like producing and writing can't really it's so hard because it's like I want to talk about it but I can't because I signed an NDA that they made me sign for your own project not the thesis oh, the thesis okay, is okay. completely different yeah but this one the one that I like gotcha. signed stepped on and then like one of the instructors was just like so you only out of like this whole time that you had to like make a thesis you're only showing like this one episode and I'm just like I mean this whether this is kept in this podcast or not this this certain instructor like I didn't really care for because the important instructors who were actually grading me knew every step of the way of what I was doing Mm -hmm. So they gave me a really good mark because they know all the shit that I was doing. So yeah. So I was just like, screw you. And I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I doubt he's ever going to hear this. But yeah, so like that was actually one of my favorite projects because I actually got to produce something that I really cared about. And I felt that if it went to air, it would be very part of the dialogue of like making the world a little bit of a better place. I'm just gonna say i really can't i want to say more but i can't okay we'll do a follow-up one day and we'll talk about it that's what we'll do mm-hmm. yeah. that's what i've that's well, what i've convinced us if netflix picks it up or someone else picks it up then i'll be like tangela we need to talk we're talking right now we're talking right now <laughs> i need you to call me so we can set up a meeting so we can talk about it right now like right now right like now thank you. yeah i'm here for it i will send you a link to calendly again yeah. <laughs> please Yay. choose a day in which you are free and we won't cancel three times. It'll be fine. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. That was fun. That was funny, though. But, I mean, <laughs> ugh, that was crazy. Okay, so first off, that's super cool. So you're doing post-production on that particular project that you can't talk about? hmm Okay. 
And what is, what has been, I guess, what would you consider your favorite sound that you had to make for it? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm actually not so sure. I think the one thing that I just enjoy with every project is that I always try to be very organic with it. Mm. So actually, a lot of the sound, majority of the time, except for the thesis ones, there was a couple times I had to use a couple sounds from the sound library just because I ran out of time focusing on my that real project that was actually going to be seen by important people. So I actually did go opt for like sound library. But for the most of the time, majority of the time when I when I'm working on a project, I always prefer to fully everything organically mm. and like tweak everything organically so it's like not even to touch like a sound library and I think that lately a lot of when I'm bored a lot of I've been putting myself through sound design challenges and literally just seeing like what big sound I can make just by like recording certain things from around the house Mm. just like I don't know there was just something about where it's just like I think I got really pissed off at like one point I don't I don't know why I was just like I think that there was like a some kind of explosion sound and like this person was asking for like five dollars for like the sound and I was just like screw this like I'm gonna make my own sound like it was like something like that I can I can barely remember but it's just I just remember after that point I was like making a personal vow to myself it's just like I really want to learn how to manipulate sound myself so I would never have to be at the beckoning or like the whim like the mercy of like having to rely on something else but sound libraries are like great honestly they really are it's just like at that time I was like a student and like five bucks to me was like important I mean like I'm okay now but I was just like at that time like when you're a student you try and like do like all that you can to like reduce the cost you know so yeah so I think like right now like with every project that I do like if if I'm like recording something organically or I'm like sound designing like from all these like weird different materials that I never thought possible. Like I feel so happy and accomplished by figuring that out. Okay. So I was just thinking about, I interviewed another lady who is a Foley artist and sound designer and and post-production and stuff like that. And we were, we were talking about like stuff that she does because she also works on animated things as well. And first of all, I find that stuff super fascinating. Okay. Because I'd be like, you just make sounds from scratch that's cool and it reminds me every time i talk about these with things with every time i talk about these things with people it reminds me of amon tobin and eskimo and i know that they're not like fully artists exactly but i think that some of the things that they do with their electronic music is really cool mm-hmm. and i so i guess they're sort of my introduction into foley in a weird way but like not really because but they do do a lot of field recordings to make the sounds for their music and so it'll be like a snare drum is made up of like five different sounds (laughs) you know or something like that and it's super cool and so I've always been fascinated by other people's stories not fascinated enough to do it myself because um (laughs) I don't know how to but also I just wouldn't know what to do with it like okay i record all these sounds now what you know like i'm just gonna sit in my house you know that's fine too but no i get <laughs> but that's cool too you know like i just what so what i mean by that is that it was never within like what i was trying to do in life to make 
sound effects, but I think that's super cool. Like I think sound effects and Foley artists and doing all of that stuff is just super cool. It's really what I was trying to say. And that was a really long winded way of saying that. <laughs> so there you go. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna I was gonna say something along the lines of just like, yeah, like I a lot of the times like I guess like even like right I guess like right now because I have the time to kill in pockets in between projects and whatnot but for sure like a lot of the times like I like I really admire people who do synth even it's if it's synth music because they have such an understanding of like gates and like compressors and like just EQs and like just like how to really manipulate like the sine waves and I'm just like oh my god like I remember in school like if it wasn't for my synth mentor oh my god like I would not be able, I could not comprehend it. And like my other mentor, but also now friend, and he's, he was my audio game audio instructor. He was teaching us additive synth with FM8. And like that thing really blew my mind. That was like, great. I understood that more than I did massive, like Jesus. But it's just like, I always thought that synth was for music. And then when it came to game audio and he was showing us how to use added synthesis to actually make the sound of breaking a potted plant like if you took a potted plant and you like chucked it against like the wall Mm -hmm. just like how it would break like the sound of like the actual like high pitch like shatter but like the weight of like the clay pot and then when it would fall like the way that the debris would fall like with it and i'm just like like just like blew my mind like from that way and all i can think of is just like i thought it was like so interesting like could i just take like any sound and just like turn it into like a breaking pot yeah kind of thing. haven't found that yet <laughs> pretty cool like, one day i will though one day i will <laughs> awesome i can't even yeah. with myself it's fine it's so fine okay so with that being said if it makes you feel better i don't even know if i could do live sound because i would just be so scared that i would create feedback somewhere and then i'd be fired like that is like i could honestly see myself getting such anxiety attack and like panic attacks uh see and i love live sound because you only have one shot right realistically you there's there's really only ever going to be that one performance right like i mean sure you have a run and every day is a new day or whatever but in reality, that audience is only going to see it and hear it once. once. So either you get it right or you don't. And I think there's something exhilarating about that that helps, I think. But also, I think it taps into my anxiety in a lot of weird ways as well. And I think it, it oh, really? to me, it's one of those things. I know that sounds really bad, but I think live sound also helps. Even though it taps into the anxiety, it helps with the anxiety. And so I feel like I get to accomplish several different facets of things all at once, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't know. Live sound is, it, it's nerve wracking. It can be. I mean, it really can be. It's it's a lot. And a lot of things can go wrong. But I think more people, I think people are more capable than they realize. Like, I used to have this fear too. I used to be like, like I had a friend of mine who... We used to work at a hotel together and he's like, well, why aren't, why aren't you doing more with audio? And I was like, oh, because I'm not ready yet. I don't have the skills and I'm in, 
I'm afraid that I'm going to create like feedback loops and I don't know how to fix it. And I remember him saying to me, Tangela, can you mix? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you know how to prevent feedback? And I was like, well, yeah, like in theory, it's like, yeah, like technically, you know, the, if you these things line up, then they shouldn't create feedback. Then he's like, and we both know that you're good with people. So mm-hmm. why aren't <laughs> you doing it again? And I was just like, I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds so simple. And I mean, in, in a way, I needed him to say it to me in that way to display how simple it really is. Right. Because, yeah, you can... There's a lot that can go into live sound. I mean, especially the larger the productions, the larger things that happen. Yes, it can be a lot. But at the same time, if you understand and you can work the fundamentals and if you can grow your understanding from, like, as long as you have the fundamentals down, you can always grow your understanding. And as long as you know that when feedback happens, you need to mute, you'll probably be fine. You'll probably be fine. Okay. Yeah. So, but if you can also set it up to like not have feedback in the beginning, better. even better. Yeah. And so then yeah. you don't have to worry about stuff like that and it's fine. Then it's just fine. Unless somebody comes along and moves your microphones. And in that case, y- you might have feedback and you might get mad at them. Yeah. I just want to strangle people. It's like, it's like, who told you to yeah. do that? Nobody told you to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> But yeah, otherwise, I think it's great. I mean, I, but I mean, those are all like basic things, you know, like, I think, I mean, if you asked me that I had to go meet with like, TV executives, and I had to talk to them about audio, I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, about that. (laughs) You want me to do what with what? I'm sorry. (laughs) You want me to do what? I don't know about that. So I think it's, I think it's just one of those things, like we all just, we have our fields, right? And they scare or I mean, I'm scared, but you know. Oh, I'll definitely be scared. I mean, I don't know if I'll show it. I mean, I might be able to hold off shitting bricks until after. Possibly. But probably won't have possibly. a cow yet. I'll, I'll probably wait until yeah. after I left the room to have the cow. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because obviously in Texas, that's what we do. We all have cows. It's fine. Nobody <laughs> has a cow. I don't have a cow. There's no cow here. <laughs> you know, like if you actually said that, like I would have believed you if you said everyone has a cow here. Because I just picture fields and ranches and like you know cowboys like this is what comes to mind that's why i i knew i knew you were going to say that and that's why i had to say say we don't all have cows people we have city life too okay not everybody has a cow all those non-americans but also non-texonians texans we're texas not texonians we are texans i don't know why i said that i don't know why i added that extra um no we already have our train it's called texans (laughs) <laughs> but thank you uh i think what, what are you guys called in can you, you're canadian so if you're in vancouver no you're in montreal i'm in toronto, toronto. i wasn't even close with any of those so are you <laughs> torontonians yeah like vancouverites torontonians calgarians i don't even we're know Austinites, what... and then we're interesting i don't know what winnipeg is because uh, my Winnipegians. Winnipeg. Ah! ah my god actually the funny thing is is that like i always just tend to change depending on who i'm talking to and like where i'm at people will be like it i'm just like i pick like the location of where i am from quote unquote if anybody is like listening to this and you don't know what i'm doing i'm air quoting where i'm from quote unquote that would make me sound like more unique so it's just like 
in Toronto, like people are just like, oh, like, where are you from? It's like, oh, like, sometimes I'm just like, I'm from Vancouver. Other times, I'm just like, if I want to feel like extra unicorn, I'm just like, I'm from Winnipeg. But then like in Vancouver, they're just, they're just like, where are you from? I'm just like, from Winnipeg. They're like, oh, but you spent most of your life here because of school. And I was just like, yeah, I'm still from Winnipeg. I just, I don't claim that. I don't claim that. <laughs> it's just how it is. <laughs> like, so, okay. So what are some of your favorite audio tools to use? Okay. Aside from like my gears and my mics, everything that I have like somehow accumulated, like, if we're talking about software and plugins, I definitely love using the Isotope RX for cleaning audio. It's, like, always the best. Fab filters a lot for sound design because I love watching the real-time, like, um, shoot, what do you call it? The graph, the moving waves on there. It's, like, moving in real time that you can see it. Darn it! Can't, like, my brain. It's, like, <laughs> it's like three and a half hours. And I'm just, like, I knew it before walking into this. And like, <laughs> but that filter is really good for sound design. I love using it, especially if um now when I try and record and I try to show people my session, it's easier that way compared to RX because they can actually see the waves going through. And definitely my, my ultimate favorite, if I'm, my back is against the wall and someone asks me to compose music, dear God. Spitfire Audio has a BBC Symphony Orchestra sample that I love using. And I always use that to actually make my music first and then add on from there. But aside from that, yeah, those are kind of like the favorite audio tools that I use pretty much. So we talked earlier about how during this time in the quarantine, you've been like recording sounds anyways and playing with them and stuff like that and what are some other ways that you have been trying to grow your skills as well definitely a lot of webinars there's just like so much going on especially like with soundgirls.org wham been super super helpful in that retrospect really going back and like playing with like sounds like for myself but i think that also during this time I keep like in right now I keep like in very good touch standing with like all of like my mentors I have like a mentor for every single different area of audio which has been nice because I feel like they've been really generous in their knowledge and also like with their time as well so a lot of the stuff that I've been doing and I sometimes like even if I whether I hit a snag or not, I'm always like talking with them. And I've always been, I'm still learning like a lot from them, which is nice. So I would definitely say that, yeah, the networks, webinars, and then just like me forcing myself down to like sit back down and like really try and understand how to better use pitch, EQ, compressors, reverb, like the basics stuff. I think that's it. Yeah. Nothing fancy. So you mentioned before that you like went to conferences and stuff like that. Do you find that going to conferences is like super helpful with going towards like your career and like networking and stuff like that? I think that like webinars, I feel like it's really hard to do anything type of networking in real life. Honestly, like when even when I was in university, I went to like a lot of networks and things like that. Also, because like one of our professors really made it an assignment 
It's like you got to see, you got to go to like a number of different conferences and blah blah blah. He was like really trying to like push for that type of social side because yeah, it's true. Networks are really important. At this, I think it's great when you when I just moved to Toronto, it was great attending these and like really getting myself out there. But then after a while, you just kind of realize that you don't really have to go to certain things like anymore. You know, I'm going to say this coming from like the communications degree that I had before I went into audio. So mainly like you would have always like these businesses, business conference and like networking, things like that, because like, yeah, like it's true. Like you might potentially get hired. You might see some, you might meet somebody like, you know, who like knows of a position and blah, blah, blah. Like it happens, like things like that happen. But for the most part, from what was happening to me is that anyone, everyone who was going to these conferences, a lot of the times were just in the same boat as I was. So it's almost like the people, this was in Vancouver, the people who were not there were the people who have obviously landed the job or had a job or, you know, they were, they didn't have to do these things anymore. And so a lot of the times, like, unless there was, there's an actual learning component, a lot of the times to the conferences, I'm usually just there for the learning component. And if I know like a lot of friends that are there, then like, it's also like the hangout time there. But but yeah, but like a lot of the times it's just like, I don't, I'm not as gung ho as like networking and like really meeting new people anymore. I'm happy if I do, but I'm not going to push for it anymore because it's almost just like, depending on if I go, it's almost like, what is my intention? Is my intention like right now just to like really learn something? Is my intention to actually meet people or just like chill with people like in the network? It gets exhausting after a while to like network and to meet new people and try and create like a genuine bond because some people who are going there you know that they're not genuine walking into it they're there to just really promote themselves and try and get somewhere too which is totally fine but it's just like I go with the intention of I just want to meet like genuine people and sometimes like the people that I run to is just really so exhausting so yeah, so like it's good depending on like what you need from it and what you want out of it is like how I look at it. Yeah, but I will always say like there is always pros to going. You know, it's never a bad thing to have people see your face and to be out there. Online webinars is like kind of different because it's just like I'm purposely there to like learn and hear what people have to say. I don't need people to see my face at all because there's like what 135 people on this zoom call webinar so i get that so are you like a part of any sort of like i don't know organizations like i mean like obviously you mentioned sound girls but i mean and they're an organization but i was thinking more like uh like the recording academy type organizations or like aas or anything like that no because they were i was going to be a member of wham and sound girls but they were like all in America and I was just like when I get down there I'm a coming yeah <laughs> yeah up here we have like dames making games we have our own branch up here sound girls I think they have a branch up here but I didn't really look so much into it I was part of whiff for a while which is women in film and television I think right now a lot of my memberships like really just expired I'm just like I'm not going anywhere but I'll probably restart it all up when things reopen but, but did you find value in doing those types of groups and being a part of those then oh yeah loved it 
Wham was like my favorite. Like at the beginning of quarantine and even up until now, like Sound Girls too. Yeah. Wham was like, I loved all of like their inter like their interviews. Like it was just so amazing. They they definitely spoke more on the music side, I felt, or maybe it was just the ones that I ran into that would pop up in my inbox or whatnot. But it was okay because I was just like, I know I had to learn this one. It's better to like understand every kind of facet. But yeah, no, I feel like a lot of like the conferences were very condensed. It was like really packed full of knowledge. I was always scared to blink in case I missed something off the screen. <laughs> and I think it's, is it Terry that runs a lot of the Wham interviews? She's like the head. I'm not as connected to Wham. I'm more connected to Omni Sound Project. Oh, okay. Which has no. Lisa. Oh, okay. And so, either way, I think all of them were really good. I, and even like hardware companies too, Sennheiser and like, uh, shoot, what was like a, more recently, like OWC as well. Like they've been holding like uh, webinars as well. So everything, like, actually a lot of, I think, like, quarantine and, like, the industry becoming more aware of the imbalance of representation, either by gender imbalance, representation imbalance, or a person of color. I think it's really, I don't want to say, because I'm sure, like, at some point... People have always wanted to figure out how they could open up the industry more. And I think that the quarantine has definitely given them that opportunity that I think that they just never really knew or never thought of how. So there's like so much like free stuff going on. And I love it because there's also different pods where it's just like they're really introducing people who are like of the BIPOC community who do audio or like just women or like they bring on really seasoned like senior mixers and sound designers and they're just like regurgitating everything like that they know like you know there's like some people that try and hang on to stuff because they're just like I don't want to give my job away but like everyone like in the sound industry I feel like that I've heard from or who have talked have just been nothing more like they're just like open books and they really are like to me I feel like I've definitely learned a lot more from them than I don't want to say school because like you know some like schools definitely gave me the basics of like learning pro tools and whatnot but I definitely learned a lot about like theories and like ways of thinking like in and outside the box just by listening to all these people and like the things that they went to they went through um you know so I don't know if I really answered that properly no I mean you answered it how you answered it and that is fine I get that (laughs) I do I I I understand what you mean and how that works. And I think that that makes sense. Other listeners understand what I'm trying to say too. I'm sure they'll get it. If they don't, then re-listen <laughs> to it and you'll get it. But what I was going to say as a follow-up to that, then if that's the case, then how do you feel like, you know, being a woman, let alone a woman in color in audio has impacted your career? I mean, have you had those moments where you're like, yeah, super didn't get that because they don't trust me as a woman or, you know, whatever. Or you didn't get it because you didn't fit like a certain mold or whatever. Right. Like, have you had those sort of experiences then? 
I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely certain that somewhere along the lines that my resume got passed over for those reasons. But like, you know, can never really say. I was listening to a podcast locations called locations the location sound podcast and they were interviewing this sound mixer in the uk and she's been in it for a while and they kind of asked her like that question too and i think i i really like it really like resonated with me specifically in the position of where I was in it and what I went through because she was how did she say it she was just like in in order to know she'd have to be the other person doing the same thing finding it easier and then also being her and then finding it difficult Mm. and I was just like okay yeah I totally get that totally not like dismissing all the other women that came before me and like what they've went through but I was just like in my situation I'm definitely lucky to have started now Mm. when the entertainment industry is definitely being more aware and trying to rectify where they're at because like right now there are very specific openings right now it's just like we're specifically looking for like a BIPOC like sound designer like you know, BIPOC, like, cameraman and things like that. So, like, they're being very specific about it, um, which makes it easier for me to get in through the door. But I think that if this was, like, five, eight years ago, I'm sure that would definitely be a different story because I don't th- I don't think it would be as easy because it definitely wasn't easy as an actor. Kind of getting easier now as an actor, for sure. But a little bit. I can't really say, like, for sure. I can only talk about... This is all like on my experience for like all listeners out there. But I definitely say that I'm lucky because of the women who came before me who were like pushing for all that change and to like to create like that awareness because I feel like if it wasn't for the foremothers doing all that work, pushing all that pull, like it, it probably would be like definitely double time harder for me right now it still kind of is hard but I mean like I'm just like how much of it is actually me and how much of it is the pandemic so this this past year was kind of like a write-off and it's almost like doing like whatever I can and then whatever before it was like everything was just being like a little bit more open and I could feel Mm. it I could definitely feel it there was like people who are just like we definitely like want to give internships like they're really just like I could definitely tell that this, I can feel like the situation would definitely be different way back, like a few years back from now compared to what it is now. Yeah. So like, it's not, it hasn't been bad for me. I think like the, one of the things that I always never really, I guess one of I don't really know how to say this. Okay, if you don't like this, you can totally like scrap it. You think it's like really, really bad. But I think in any job, being female, even being a female of color or even a person of color, honestly, you're always going to run into people who are the jackass or like the power tripper. Like there's always someone in like a company that like you're working for, you know? And it's like, sometimes it's like, doesn't even matter who you are. They're just like a jackass or a power tripper to everyone. And there's always going to be like a creeper who's attempting to do their own Harvey Weinstein bullshit at 
any level of the industry, whether you're like community industry or like mid or like professional, like there's always. We had our first Wi-Fi dropout. Wow. Was that the snow here? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, it was like Wi-Fi is gone. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm looking at my bars and I was like, I have full bars. Me too. So I, I don't know what that's about, but it definitely told me the Wi-Fi just kicked us off. I got, I got that too. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, sorry. Where was I? <laughs> There's always people out there who are going to be assholes. Yeah. And so the, the one thing that like, you know, I, I feel like it doesn't really matter. I think it's just because like I was, I'm a woman, whether I'm talent or whether I'm crew, there's always like those certain people who are, yeah, attempting to like Harvey Weinstein like their position but really all they ever did was like either a student budget so they're so arrogant because like i did like a couple student productions you know or they did one or two like low to like no budget projects and they automatically like consider themselves like up there and they have like they walk with like this weird like fantical hollywood like arrogance like they have pull and all that shit so like that always like gets me so like in those situations, like, I always just, you know, I had, like, tunnel vision of just being professional, just, like, go to work and keep moving. But, like, I would always confide in someone else who's, like, work, who I'm working with. Then production would end. And then another name would go on my blacklist of never to work with again. <laughs> so it's just, like, you know, it's, like, uh, so I feel like I've been lucky. Nothing has ever happened to me. It's, like, but the things that I encountered, I feel like is also stuff that I am very sure, definitely sure many other women have encountered as well. And probably like some men too, because like, you know, men are also able to be sadly yeah. like part in, in those situations as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm not going to dismiss them either. But yeah, definitely like all the stories of like, you know, being a woman, being a, a working woman. Yeah things like that happen like anywhere productions too as well so that's like always really annoying so that's like really the only thing that I can really pull out of my head right now that I would say that would that has actually like gotten in the way of me working in audio and yeah 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 it's very interesting <laughs> maybe people are just more sensitive. is that a downer did i just like put like put the downer on the podcast i feel oh so bad God, i'm so, so sorry no. no i'm like thinking about it i'm just like should i like not talk about this because i feel like it's gonna be a downer and i'm sure like people have come across like this topic so many times like i shouldn't be like flogging the dead horse or something like that no not even a little bit is that accurate no i was just i was just thinking that I know that like location depends on like a lot of different things. Also what branch of audio you're in really can cater to how one's experiences are like treated. Like if you're mistreated or not mistreated or mm. how in which you, you experience adversity. And so I was just, just thinking about that. That's all. I just, I like, cause I don't know like the statistics of, audio engineers or post-production engineers more specifically in Canada or their ratios or anything like that. And so I was just, I was just thinking about that. Actually, I probably should have Googled that before our interview, but you know, Hey, hindsight is 2020 and all that. 
I guess yeah, I, I, I would wonder then since, you know, you, you were talking about before how, you, you know, if you like, you quoted the other person who was saying that if, you know, you would have to be two different people at the same time to know whether or not your experiences were really, you were really snubbed for whatever reasons or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So given that, what kind of advice, I guess, would you offer somebody who is trying to like make it in this world, but they're also, I guess, I don't know, just audio in this world is a little different than it was even like five years ago. So what kind of advice would you give somebody given the state of audio now oh my god are these like famous last words <laughs> oh my god i i saw this i saw this question on like the a list of like potential questions you could ask me i'm just like oh my god i I, dread, I dreaded that one and i was just like oh my god i don't even know what to say my famous last words like i die and like this is gonna be like <laughs> oh my god it's so dramatic but no i didn't know that was a thing oh my gosh totally like google interview questions that's no, something i've not, never done no <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I've never Googled interview questions. <laughs> Mostly because I I guess for me at least, and this is not relevant to the question that I just asked you, <laughs> but I guess for me, I never wanted to unintentionally stray into somebody else's lane. I've always wanted to be uniquely me and do exactly what I think works best for me. Yeah, no, and cool. then figure that out within reason. Mm -hmm. Obviously that means if I need help, I'll ask for help. And if I want to know a little more about something, I'll definitely research it. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like why I don't really listen to podcasts that are like mine right. exactly. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to be like, oh, I'm not doing my podcast like that. I need to, to change who I am and do it like that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, there's space for all of us to do and be who we are uniquely. And so I try not to do that. But I'm intrigued by that. And I kind of want to Google the questions like, what are potential interview questions that people have? So I thought mm. it was a good question. And I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. But like, still, I'm just like, oh, my God, I need to sound smart. Oh, my God. What's like the smartest thing that I can say right now? No, I don't know. Words. <laughs> Words are smart. It's fine. It's so like communicate, Anita. Like, what do you want to say? <laughs> So I just remembered that the sound, the sound girl in the UK, sound woman, I should say, the lady. The lady. The lady. I can't do British accents either. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to stop because just in case I like totally anger your listeners, whoever is there. If they're offended, they're being offended <laughs> about the wrong thing. You should just laugh at how bad it is if that's what you think. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, just take it as a funny that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, the girl, so the girl, the woman, Judy Lee Hedman. I just wanted to like say her name so that way, like, you know, because like I didn't want to take, I actually wanted to put a name to like who mentioned it. So that way I'm not making shit up. <laughs> so, I understand. Thank you. I, I try to be like, you know, I try to have my references, you know. I'm here for it. Hey. I'm here for it. Yeah. Thank you. You know, that primary sources, secondary sources, secondary sources. Well, no, she said it, so it'd be a primary source, wouldn't it? It would be a primary source for you. It's a secondary source for me since you're the one quoting her saying. Right. It's been a while since I've been in science class. So. <laughs> I think that's just basic uh, <laughs> communication. I, actually, isn't that literature? It is. Isn't that like writing? It's, it's also journalism, too, as well. Like, and I studied you. this. 
I said I was like, was isn't that more you than me? Yeah. I, mean, I don't no, think we is. did that. I really shouldn't have said that I like I have a degree in communications. <laughs> Humbug. Humbug. <laughs> it's okay. I've been out of school for a while and then I changed careers. So it's valid. <laughs> I mean, even if it wasn't, who cares? Yeah. But so advice. God, this is so hard. So I like really just like rolling like around in my head. I've been like losing sleep over this. No, I'm kidding. But uh, honestly, like if I look back on how things kind of turned out for me, if I knew what I knew, if I knew then what I knew now, obviously, like, you know, that's how the saying goes. If you knew then what you knew now, like things would be easier, probably would be faster. But definitely I would be telling myself and I think for anybody else who's really interested in audios that don't be afraid to ask, like, don't be afraid to ask questions or to even ask what you want. Because from what I've been through, there's a lot of people who are willing to help. I'm just so surprised, like, lately, too, like, every time, like, when I'm just like, oh, like, I really want to do this, but I don't know how. Somehow someone knew, like, a contact of some sort who was doing something and then I would just be mind blown at the person who I just got introduced to and who would like be very generous with their knowledge but not necessarily going in there with the intention of like finding a job obviously like I'm asking the universe for a job and having uh, like you know a studio job like you know a little bit more like of a regular kind of thing how often does that happen in this industry? Like, let's be real. Wrong industry, Anita. Like, yeah, I know that. Okay. Like, y'all know what I mean. Okay. Like, I'm wanting to get into like a studio. That's what I'm saying. But right now I'm just freelancing. Okay. Like, I'm working towards it. It's called a vision it's board like, for a reason, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it, no matter what, if one person doesn't, there's always going to be another person who will. And that's what I've really been practicing lately for me so it's just like i'll keep saying it until the universe gets sick of me saying it until it kind of says like okay yeah like i think you can, i can help you out like i i always like go back to i like i love hearing talks and things like that one of my favorite talks was watching Chadwick Boseman's commencement speech mm-hmm. like re-watching that thing like forever like his commencement speech the commencement speech at Howard University Amazing. it was so good and like I really like I didn't really believe it when I was younger because when I was younger like you know you always want to compete you you want to be just as good as all your friends who are like getting out there and if you're not advancing at the same pace as they are or you're not getting the same opportunities as they are it makes it even harder on yourself because it's like what am I doing wrong like they're doing it like just fine like is it like is it the way like I look am I have I not studied like the right things like am I not saying the right things and then so I would try and emulate what other people were doing and then I would kind of lose myself any in the end like you know it still wouldn't work the only way that it would work is that if I was being me and the one thing that Chadwick said that I that really resonated with me and like I do believe like reflecting back it's definitely true is like he's like when he said when God or the universe depending on what you believe in when God has something for you it doesn't matter who stands against it 
Like God will move someone holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you if it's, mm-hmm. if it's meant for you. And I thought that was like the greatest thing because there's times where like I lost jobs and I was just like, like, why? Like, why didn't I get it? And then I'd be like, another thing would come along. I'd be like, oh, that wasn't meant for me. I was meant to go down yeah. this way. And so like, I just, I do believe that like, you know, it it sucks and it's hard to hear that it will it will happen if it's meant for you. That doesn't mean that you should sit around. Definitely don't just sit around waiting okay. for it. Like, you know, like, like go ahead and like learn, go and like live your life. Like I'm, I'm definitely a believer that like, you know, yes, I, to an extent, I, I do create my own destiny and whatnot. So like, yeah, I, I still continue to like hustle and to learn and all that stuff. Like, you know, like, like you as well, like creating like your own podcast and like doing your own stuff and like, like now getting your own merch, which you can totally edit that out if you don't want people to know about that, like right about now. <laughs> so I'm a, yes, you can edit that out. But yeah, so like it's almost just like, you know, with with good enough, with good enough effort, like on your end, things will come. And like, I hate it because I hate it when people tell me like, just be patient. It's like, fuck patience. Am I allowed to swear on this thing? Shoot. You are. I pretty much just assume that people are going to. Oh, okay. It's just like, fuck patience. Like, what, like, what is this patience? And so, like, I will definitely, like, all of, like, the, like, when I was younger, I was definitely hard on myself because, like, I always wanted to try and figure out why it wasn't working for me. And so I would, I would go, like, extra further. I would do, like, an extra more you know, and like at that time, it's just like, why? Like, why me? Like, like, is this like a, is this like a BIPOC thing or like what's going on? But like in the end, I'm just like, you know, like I could have been kinder to myself. But if had I been kinder to myself, would I be where I am right now? Would I have gained all like the experiences? Like, yeah, back then it was like a headache, total like anxiety, like through the roof. But now it's just like, I look back on it, it's just like, I needed to go through that I needed that to happen because right now it's just like I can see things better I guess I'm a little bit for me I'm a little bit more smarter on how I do things how my workflow goes and whatnot so it's just like yeah it's so there's like a lot of things in that little answer but for the most part it's like don't be afraid to ask for what you want it might not come right away but keep working at it because if it's meant for you it's gonna come and Yes, be kind to yourself, but if you feel in your heart that you want to go like 110 or 150, if your energy allows it within safe reasons, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. It's depending on how you feel you want to drive yourself in that moment. You know, if you think that it's going to get you further... Like, you know, if you feel like you want to like really like drive yourself into the ground because you think it's going to it's worth it, then other people might say otherwise it's not good. But at the same time, if you have that feeling, that means someone there's something that's telling you that there's something that you need to learn when you're doing that. And I have realized that a lot like these past few years, like there's just always something egging me. And it's just like, well, why would I want to go down that path? That seems like harder. Like this one's like seems so much easier. Like, why would I want to go do that? But then I would do it anyways, because I'm stubborn. And I'm just like, what's down that road? You know, I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. So then yeah, and then I would realize that like, oh, like, there was really something that was drawing me down that way. So there's uh, never, 
never really a right or wrong. It's really just what you feel like in the moment that you want to do and everything is going to come. It's going to, I hate it when people say it, it's going to fall into place, but it, it really does. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be just quite yet, but I feel like everything that I've learned up until now, all the snake winding pathways that the universe has like taken me up and around and down and around and like underground passageways has got me here. And like, I'm just like, yeah, actually, okay. I did that to myself too. Cause I'm just like, I'm bored. I wanted to go do something else. And so I did that to myself, but in a way, yeah, it'll come full circle, full circle and everything that like you've learned or picked up is going to be so useful to get you to where you want to be. So just keep, just keep at it. That was, that was like Long. really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say good. She says long. Oh, my goodness. But something that I thought of while you were talking about all that was you were talking about having anxiety. I mean, we talked about this earlier as well, about anxiety and, and, and stuff like that. So I guess my question is, how do you deal with the stress and the anxiety of it all while trying to work through your career? Oh, that's so hard because I haven't actually really found my, like, I have, like, my way, but I definitely don't know, like, how well it does for me. I overly prepare. I always, <laughs> I always keep thinking that, like, the, obviously you can only prepare for so much, but if I'm really, really freaked out about something, like, I will have everything prepared, like, from what I'm going to wear that morning like I have it set out all like ready to go like my gear is like ready at the door like my clothes are lying on a chair like next to my bed like you know my toothbrush is probably pre-pasted I haven't decided like so yeah it's um it's still something that I'm really trying to I don't know get comfortable with I I honestly have no idea because like I think I also feel like because like right now there's this wave of new talent from the BIPOC community and also like women too that are like now being I don't want to say like let in but like definitely more welcomed and more more corralled into like the industry you know so I almost feel like because this almost feels like a very first wave I really need to bring it to kind of represent because God for the love of God I don't want to ruin it for the next female that comes behind me so that puts like needlessly extra stress on top of myself but I I believe in my professionalism if like you know the university days and like my office days has taught me anything I'm just like okay I can function in like an office setting like professional setting like just fine but for the most part when it comes to actual sound if I'm like by myself I still get anxiety even though I know what I'm doing but I'm just like I'll have like a fart moment for a moment and it's just like pro tools making a new track like I'll have like a brain fart for like a little bit and then it's just like okay we've done this numerous of times just like hit the shortcut key Anita <laughs> and then just the moment that like the moment that you start kind of getting in it and you start focusing on work and your mindset kind of changes like that you have that you're working right now like I think 
it kind of disappears but initially going like up to it is just like <laughs> still working on it still working on it but I just overly prepare myself I guess is what I'm trying to say I mean that that's fine I mean if that's what works that's what works you know there's no big deal I hope none of my future employers listen to this because then they're just going to be like, wow, Anita really doesn't know what she's doing. Holy jeez. I don't think that's accurate. I think that's a negative Nancy view, first off. And number two, I think that more people than not feel this way. I think even like upper management sometimes feel this way. And also, if you don't allow people to be human and you expect for them to just always be on and perfect 24-7, and that doesn't mean like, that you should like be lazy or like woe is me all the time. But mm -hmm. if you're genuinely being just human, I think that that if they're not allowing for that space to be real, then I don't know. I don't know if that's an employer you'd want to work for anyways, because they're going to be treating you like you're a robot and we're not robots. Although, you know, AIs are not coming. <laughs> they are coming. I mean, they're already out of here, but you know what I mean? The, the era of the Terminator is coming soon. Well, I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day with the one of the, he's the project manager. Ooh, that doesn't feel right. But I can't quite remember um, what his official title is, but he's up there in the world of Isotope. And in his interview, he was talking about how they're using AI technology in a very unique way. And people are like, super like about that life and i just think that's interesting uh huh it's, it's already started it started with the box that was gonna you know, mix <laughs> for us and now it's done moved on to our favorite softwares they're just they're <laughs> coming for our jobs dar started out there they we must rise up into the world <laughs> ma get my shotgun ma <laughs> it's time for us to saddle up on them ponies and ride on off. I'm kidding. I don't know. But yeah, so <laughs> but yeah, so I I don't know. I just I think that the Terminator's gonna come get us anyways. But I had a point and I don't remember what it was now. So we'll just pretend like I said it all. <laughs> but I also super was trying to think of a way to transition us into me telling you bye <laughs> other than just being right, like yeah. yeah okay well great this has been awesome <laughs> so i guess i'll just talk to you later okay bye like, you know, like i was trying to find that sounded a little cooler yeah. than that but i came up with nothing so i, I guess i'm just gonna say anita thank you so much for being on my show today i really appreciate it <laughs> yeah Thanks for having me. This is exciting. I was so excited when you first messaged me about this. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we were finally able to get you on. But other than that, thank you so much for being here. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.